You know, they say that uh, half the fun of the Super Bowl are the commercials, right? We talked a little bit this last week, some of the great commercials over the years that have been run on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, the Where's the Beef was a Super Bowl spot. The Budweiser Frogs premiered at a Super Bowl. The Clydesdales, right, whether whether the horses were playing football in a field and kicking a field goal or the puppy Clydesdale thing they did a couple of years ago was awesome. The, uh, I remember uh, Doritos had this thing where they would have fans of their chips make their own commercials. Genius. Get them to do the work for you. And folks came up with some really, really clever Doritos commercials. Like the guy whose wife was having a baby and he's messing with the baby on the ultrasound and the baby's like following the chip around and, and eventually, you know, launches to get the bag of chips out of the, out of the expectant mom. Kind of gross, but you know, it's creative creative so yesterday's super bowl ads and it was right out of the gate right i mean you saw the immediate trend in yesterday's super bowl ads you had to have a star you had to have star power i mean first one of the day was ben affleck working a a dunkin donuts drive-through and his in his hometown in massachusetts right i'm not sure i'm pronouncing that wrong duncan Duncan, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's cute. And people are like, do, do you recognize me? Yeah. Posing for selfies. And then J-Lo pulls up. What are you doing? I got to go. Grab me a glazed. I mean, it's really well done, right? Well, then it's Anna Ferris for avocados. She's Eve in the avocado commercial. And it, it didn't stop. I mean, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is selling uh, GM. There's going to be more electric cars in Netflix shows. GM and Netflix have a deal where they're going to provide electric GM vehicles for all these Netflix. And there's Will Ferrell, right, doing doing a spot for GM and Netflix. Ben Stiller is doing a Pepsi commercial. And then Steve Martin does a Pepsi commercial. I mean, it's just star after star after Adam Driver. Um, Serena Williams was in two different spots. Bradley Cooper comes on with his mom. I liked that one. That one was adorable. Mm-hmm. Right? Bradley Cooper's trying to get his mom to read the lines, and she's terrible. And there's, <laughs> it's just so cute. But like star power, star power, star power. Melissa McCarthy with her bookings.com ad. You know, if you didn't have a big name, you know, nobody nobody noticed your stuff. The Alicia Silverstone. Uh, recreating Clueless, right? I love that. Um, although... Were they CGI in her face to look younger? I don't know. It was a little weird. I mean, I, I loved it. There's a bunch of you know high schoolers, and she's up there in the exact outfit she wore at the debate. And they had the the girl who was her kind of uh, villain foil, the redhead from Clueless, was also there in a CGI youthified like they did to uh, De Niro in The Irishman, yeah, right? Yeah. Where they try to CGI forty years off your face. And the kid's like, aren't you a little old for high school? I mean, it was cute. Very nostalgic. How about Travolta? 
I liked that, particularly because I loved Scrubs and I loved Zach Braff's work. Oh, yeah. And Donald so, Faison. This, yeah, they, so seeing them all together, right. that was fun. Well, and because those two have been doing a series of T-Mobile commercials. Right? They've already had those two big-name stars. Doing, and, I mean, everybody's got big-name stars these days in commercials. But like every Super Bowl ad, you had to have star power. You were just not keeping up. But you're right, though. Travolta recreating, you know, tell me more, tell me more to, for – for T-Mobile was pretty damn good. And at the end, he tries to hit that last note. You know, good on you, John Travolta, man. Way to, way to throw it all out there for the, for the, for the cause. But it's, it's funny. You can, you can hire all these stars, these massive Hollywood celebrities to do your spots. And you know what the spot everybody was talking about this morning was? The, the Tubi spot <laughs> where they, where they took over your TV and yeah. changed from the Super Bowl to a stream to Tubi streaming service and start looking for movies to watch instead of the Super Bowl because I, I I did it I th- I thought my puppy had sat on our remote because we got a little pup at home and she loves to hop up on the couch and I don't know how she does it but she will always land her butt right on the remote and change the <laughs> channel it's she does it all the time so I'm thinking where's the remote and I mean, everybody, G was saying this morning, he's looking for his buddy who's always monkeying with the remote. Dave Ross said the same thing this morning. I literally grabbed my remote. I was thinking my neighbor, something got put new batteries in his, Wi Fi or something. And it was reaching through your wall to change your, I know, right? (laughs) See, you hire Bradley Cooper for, I don't know how many million, or Travolta, or Steve Martin and Ben Stiller to create Blue Steel with a Pepsi. And when he poured the Pepsi over his head, Ben Stiller, as, as, Blue Steel. What was it? What was his name? Zoolander. Zoolander. Thank you. That was funny. That was really great creative. But the Tubi ad, which cost nothing, right? Cost nothing. No star power. No high-priced anybody. That's the one everybody was talking about this morning. That's creative advertising. That's Madison Avenue getting it done. I mean, seriously getting it done. But for me, the the ad of the day started a month or two ago it's it's i hate to even say this m&m played us all m&m played us all with the whole womanization the genderfication of their candies with remember the story of the m&ms that were just for women right they were going to put out a special edition of m&ms just for women and fox news lost their mind Tucker Carlson did like two full nights of candy being sexualized. Well, to Tucker Carlson, in fairness, everything is a sign of the apocalypse. Well, so he was an easy mark. But we all bought in. We all covered this story. How M&M's just couldn't. It was just candy. Why are you putting go-go boots? Why are you putting lipstick and false eyelashes? Is there a gay M&M? Is it, you know, were there lesbian M&M's? We, we all bought into this woke M&M candy story where they're going to sideline the animated candies. Those two little guys that were, you know, talking to Santa and the whole night. I mean, for years they've had these talking candies. They're sidelining everybody and going with Maya Rudolph. Right? We all bought it. Especially Tucker. He bought it hook, line, and sinker. Maya Rudolph comes on. They do one commercial. Ma, Ma and Yaz. Clam-filled M&Ms just makes, I mean, you, you want to just zook in your mouth a little bit just thinking about it, right? And by the end of the night, nope, the candies are back. The candies never went away. We'd all been punked for a month 
They owned the news cycle for weeks with this M&M woke candy story, and it was all an ad campaign that we all fell for. I was, I loved it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought the Workday commercial with the rock stars was fun. That's another one. Oh, my gosh. Who all was in that spot? It was, it was, it was Paul Stanley. Yeah. Ozzy. I'm Oswald. He was working in an office. It was Ozzy Osbourne. And I'm Oswald. I'm like, oh, my God. Quit calling people rock stars, people who were in HR or in accounting. That was fantastic. But star power, star power, star power, star power. That was, I forgot all about that one. That one was great. And people were like, the commercials were meh. Are we that jaded? There were some great commercials. There were some great commercials yesterday. Do you remember the one from Amazon about where everybody was working from home and the dog was loving it? I mean, the pup was like, everybody's here all day. I get to hang out with my family. Well, then, you know, going back to school, going back to work, you know, and there's the pup watching everybody leave and, oh, no, and the pup is just shredding the house. He's ripping furniture apart. He's eating reports. He's killing a TV set. I mean, the pup was losing his mind because he was alone all day. And they're, and they're shopping on Amazon. How, what are we going to do? And they buy a crate. And you're like, oh, no. They're going to put their pup in a crate all day. Oh, because he's tearing up the house. And the reveal was they get him a little buddy. They bring home a little buddy for their pup in a crate they bought on Amazon. I'm like weeping like a baby. I am such a wuss. That one got me so hard. Yeah, that, Excuse wait, me? Wait, no, wait a minute. Sorry. That one, that, I, I fell so hard for that commercial. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin's trying really hard to keep our broadcast license tonight. I appreciate that, my friend. Um, that's harder on this show than I, other, other it shows. It is. It's a challenge. Matt's so happy he's not on the dump button tonight. He is just, look at him. He's like on vacation over here. I'm, sw- I'm Switzerland between <laughs> you two. Did you, did you see the spot about the, uh, I think it was the farmer's dog it was about pet yes. food, and it was about this little girl who gets a puppy, and this little girl who, who, who she grows up to be a young woman with her own family, and this dog goes from being a pup to being this older dog with gray on the muzzle around the eyes, and it was like watching this pup's memory of watching his best friend grow up from a little kid to a mom, you know, and how, how important pet food is for the life of your dog. That one was another one. That just got me right in the heartstrings, man. There's another commercial that had two things about it that I liked. Crown Royal. A fun commercial, Dave Grohl and Pro-Canada. Oh, What's not to love you, about that? I know. Thank you, Canada. I, I didn't see Crown Royal coming. I'm watching the spot, and there's Dave Grohl. Thank you, Canada, for all the things that Canada gave us, including football. I'm like, what? He's like, look it up. Or he's like, Google it. Google it. Google it. It was awesome. And then he tips his hat to Crown Royal. Thank you, Canada. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl doing a Super Bowl spot. Star power, star power, star power. Um, There was one that genuinely made me laugh yesterday. Genuinely made me laugh. It was for, um, it was, I think it was GM electric vehicles, but it was the premature electrification about families who weren't sure that the power in their car could take them all the way, and it was so chock full of sexual innuendo. The couple's sitting there, and the wife's like, I hate it when we start and then stop. 
and start and then stop again. And we start and we stop. And she's looking at the guy like, start, stop, start, stop. And the guy's just like, Egh. and there's a fishing pole that can't, you know, it's just in the water. Oh, my God. That was so funny. If I'm missing one, texters, if I'm missing one, let me know. Uh, 888-973-5476. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone looked great in person. No fil- Okay, no filters or surgery on Alicia Silverstone. Nice. She leads a very healthy life. Good for her, man. Oh. As a Breaking Bad fan, I liked that commercial, but I didn't think it – I thought it was kind of obvious. It was nice. It was nice. But it was not. And, and who was the – they brought in the, the villain, too. Uh, Tuco Salamanca. Tuco, yeah, yeah, yeah. Raymond Cruz. Yeah. Seven flavors. Okay, seven flavors. Yeah, that was – what was it? Uh, corner Pops or Pop – what they call uh, those? Pop Corners. Pop Corners. Yeah, product, Pop yeah. Corners. You know, it should have been – just had them all been light blue. That would have been – but yeah, Brian Cranston and, and Aaron Paul doing a Super Bowl. But they had done one a few years ago, too, right? Because they had done a Super Bowl spot like seven years ago or something, five, six, seven years ago, as those two characters. That commercial just made me want to go back and re-binge that show. What well, a great show. I know, right? I was like, I miss these guys. It's oh. ironic that Funyuns never enlisted their support, <laughs> given <laughs> Jesse's affinity no, for I hear you, Funyuns. man. I hear you. Oh, it was, uh, I think it was a great night for ads on the Super Bowl. I really do. I think uh, Madison Avenue stepped up their game. I, I thought they leaned a little too heavy on the superstar. You know, there were, the only spots that really didn't rely on star power was the dad who had to go back and get the binky, right? And and, and cross was that a cheap ad? I think it was because he could go anywhere to get the. He had to go through a tunnel and off a ramp, and he's going through a stadium, and the whole country's cheering for him, and he brings the wrong color binky. Blah, 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 blah. But that was that was the only one that really didn't have the stars, except for the ones that had dogs. You know. A lot less crypto than last year. Boy, you didn't see. Did, was there any? Did you see a single so. crypto ad? No. There, there was one thing early on where I think if you scanned the QR code, you were supposed to get an NFT. Oh, was it? Was it an NFT? Was it like a gaming? Was it a yeah, digital game ad? Yeah, that. I was kind of surprised by that one too. That was pretty early placement because I know you pay seven million dollars for thirty seconds in the Super Bowl, and. That, like that Tubi, right, with the with the changing ad thing. But remember, they had a bunch where the rabbits were, were like kidnapping people and stuffing them down the rabbit hole. That was their whole thing about Tubi is that you, they'll take you to rabbit holes you never even thought of. And we're all just addicted to binge watching. You get in those little well, – those reels, I think they're on Facebook or TikToks, and the algorithms start kicking in because you watched a couple through, and next thing you know, you're getting just fed more and more, and our life's just getting sucked from us directly through our eyeballs, our souls being leached into our phone. You know, I am proud to say that I have thoroughly confused Facebook's advertising algorithm. Good for you. Oh, you have? Oh. It, it, it doesn't seem to get anything right, particularly when it comes to trying to sell <laughs> me on po- uh, certain politics. It okay. seems to have completely misread my views. Nice. It's, it's supposed to be so good, but it's so not. At least not in my case. Well, Maybe I'm, I'm just an enigma. I'm proud of you because they get, they've nailed everybody else, dude. You you hang in there, my friend. You be the last one they rope in. Um, I would be remiss if I did a recap of the Super Bowl ad campaigns without mentioning the sweetest couple in America. And no, not Benifer or J Lo and Ben Affleck. I'm talking about Snoop and Martha Stewart for <laughs> Skechers. Are those mm-hmm. two just adorable together? I mean, ever since Martha went to the the big house and became a, a a former inmate 
and she started doing the roast circle. Her and Snoop are so great together. I mean, they're great together. Snoop with his feet up on the the Roosevelt or the resolution desk in the Oval Office. I mean, clipping the the boot the poodle. I mean, Snoop Snoop can Snoop can sell anything. Snoop can sell anything. And so can Martha. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler and Kevin Beers. We'll be right back. I walked through a county courthouse square On a park bench an old man was sitting there I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down He said, no, it'll do for our little town I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit And that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it He said, have a seat And I sat down Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole. I asked asked Kevin to grab this because this was a moment yesterday in the pregame. Pause this a sec. Bring it down and pause it and maybe jump back into it. Um, So I'm watching the pregame show yesterday because I love this kind of – I'm such a sucker for – for patriotism. I mean, and I know that sounds so vacuous because I'm a left-leaning socialist wannabe libtard snowflakes foot soldier. You we all know that. You love the pomp and circumstance. Um, I, and I, the British love the royal family. Yeah, I love, I love this stuff, right? So I'm watching this, and it's uh, the actor, and Anthony Mackie, the guy who's going to play Captain America, first African-American Captain America in the Marvel Universe, which is really nice, right? I, I believe he was the Falcon before uh, Cap graduated and gave him the shield in one of them. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this already, shame on you. Come on! (laughs) Sorry. Anthony Mackie reads this really nice piece about what it means to be American, how it's a chorus, a crescendo, yada, yada, yada. Um, And they bring in a a children's choir to sing like, oh, Shenandoah, you know, and it was very moving, very patriotic. And they play this clip of Johnny Cash's classic ragged old flag. About how this little, this older gentleman talks to Johnny Cash about how, what their, what our flag has been through. From Washington crossing the Delaware to, you know, Vicksburg and you, you, I mean, you name it. It's all there. And my daughter says, I, I just can't get into the flag. My daughter, 19, says to me, I can't, I can't get into the flag. I'm like, hold the phone here, chief. And I, I said, I stopped the TV. I backed it up. I said, give me two minutes of your time. Just sit down and don't say a word. <laughs> I totally Archie bunkered my own kid last night. <laughs> and don't made, sit up, Dolly. I, and I made her. And I, and if, if, can you start, Kev, can you start that again? Or don't, don't start again. But just pick it up and let it play a little bit. I mean, here's Johnny Cash reading this classic ragged old flag. Rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo Beside the Texas flag But she waved on though She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard and Bragg And the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag 
I'm sitting here tearing up on Flanders at my TV. In World War One, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War Two. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. And they got the rocket ships, the, the shuttle launching. It's bones. just zippity doo dah. Salute the flag. I'm misty. I'm, you know, my eyes are tripping. Land here. She's been abused. She's my been daughter's gonna be like you, sap. Refused. <laughs> and the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Yeah. Cause she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning, we take her down every night, we don't let her touch the ground, and we fold her upright. On second thought, I do like to brag. Cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. So bite me if you don't like that. I love that stuff. I have a theory, though, as to maybe why your daughter has that reaction. Okay. My theory is, okay, if you are of a certain generation, you remember great moments of unity in American history. You remember... You know, I have the story of my grandfather being a POW in Germany, World War II. I still can remember that person in yeah, my life. Yeah. If you, the younger you get, like the last big united, we're together, we're pulling together against a common enemy, you know, a common evil, whether or not, regardless of our personal politics, our religion, our background, whatever, was 9-11. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so anyone of younger generations doesn't have those moments. Right. They don't have those things that they can point to to be unified and proud of this country because, quite frankly, this country is hitting young people very hard right now. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're, I think you're spot and on. And so that is probably why people of older generations have more affinity for patriotic iconography than younger generations. Yeah. It's not because younger generations don't love or care about their country or their community or the people around them. Many of them very much do. It's that they don't have those moments of pride that other generations got to have. Well, no unifying experience. There really isn't. You're right. There's no unifying experience for my my youngest kid's generation. I mean, our our older child, our older daughter is in, in her early 30s. My youngest is in her late teens. We had quite a gap. And that gap came up. You know, between my older and my younger child, the, the internet showed up, and all the social media influences in her world showed up, and it's there's no unifying. You're right. There's no unifying moment for our country. I mean, I will give you an example. I'm watching the pregame last night, and they had, uh, you know, um, "Lift Every Voice and Sing" was performed, and then you know, "America the Beautiful" was performed by Babyface, and then Chris Stapleton, thank you very much, performed the national anthem in a beautiful. He's Keith. Shut up. His name's not Keith. <laughs> Get, fool me once. No, but I'm watching social media today going bananas. Why? Why do you have to have two anthems? We don't have two anthems. Nobody's saying we have two anthems. Why does another section of our country, another element of our society, having their moment hurt you? It's not a pie. Them getting more isn't you getting less. Right? Yeah. And honestly, it amazed me because if you don't like it, there's a free market argument. Go and get a snack. Go, do, go, go do something. Take a break. It's not harming you 
to have that song sung at this event. And it, it encourages a lot of people who are marginalized for far too long. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Thanks. Thanks for finding that, Kev. And I, I must say it too, and a, and a listener texted in to remind me about that, that ragged old flag moment. I'd forgotten all about that yesterday. So much happened yesterday. And I also forgot to mention the uh, the Bush commercial where man needs three things to survive. Um, food, drink, and shelter. And there's Sarah McLaughlin talking about shelter for animals if you don't eat. No, no, no. Wow. Wrong, wrong shelter. And he says, that's not a dog, that's a wolf. <laughs> it's pretty damn funny. Anyway, it's Kyra Knights, Spike O'Neill, along with Matt Butler and Kevin Deers. The Gentleman's Club is in full swing. We'll be back right after these. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. You know, I mentioned the uh, my daughter not really understanding my affinity for the flag. I was raised in Baltimore. We, I think I've told you guys that about a thousand times, so you know. Baltimore is the home of the Star Spangled Banner, Fort McHenry, birthplace of our nation's national anthem. So in Baltimore, we take that thing very, very seriously. You know, and to be fair to the community that has its own, well, not its own anthem. That's not, because that's not the case. But lift every voice and sing is is what the African-American community feels is more, it speaks to their life experience in America, more so than the national anthem. A lot of people think that's divisive in itself, and I could see that point of view. There's a verse of the national anthem that is not sung, that's, it's shortened. There's another verse, and it speaks of slavery, you know, it's it, it's divisive. That's why it's not part of the song we sing every night at the ballpark. But it's like we it's like we look for reasons to be mad. You know, folks get all bent out of shape that there were two national anthems last night. No, there weren't. Get over yourself. I mean, and and Matt found this story last week. We didn't get to it, but it's perfect time to bring it up. You know, we all know Chick Fil A is a hugely successful national food franchise. They sponsor a bowl game. I mean, these guys are, they're making it. And they're not even open on Sundays because they're a very conservative company. Well, Chick-fil-A, which has already have no problem alienating a large portion of the American consumer market because they are conservative and that's, they have every right to be so. I mean, yesterday's Jesus spots in the Super Bowl were paid for by Hobby Lobby, not by the Catholic Church, by Hobby Lobby. I'm amazed they had the money for those ads after the fines they owed for uh, smuggling those artifacts. From China? Yeah. You know. Um, so it's all good. Everybody has a right to their their views and to express their beliefs, and that's, that's not going to problem with that. I have no problem with Chick-fil-A donating to anti-LGBTQ causes and supporting candidates who oppose LGBTQ agendas. Now, supposedly after that controversy, they backed off on making advocacy donations. And part of that was driven by a rapidly aging senior figure in the family behind yes, Chick-fil-A. Yes, absolutely. So to be fair, this may be a case of presentism. 
No, no, I, I, no I, but, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like they made these donations in the 50s or 60s. Right. You know, when, when America was still figuring out who we were going to be as a nation moving forward. And, and I'm not picking on Chick-fil-A. You know, if, if their stance against equality and inclusion is enough for you to boycott their services, that's how the free market works. Like Matt said, you have the ability to not watch that song pre-Super Bowl. Go get a beer. You know, if, if, if Chick-fil-A's history of donating toward causes that you tend, you know, against causes you tend to support, then choose not to, to go there and, and frequent their business. One, one thing I do find frustrating about that whole controversy is that can pass, but people still punish the franchisees for it. Right. Which I, their franchisees, a lot of them are wonderful people who have made really good businesses. When I've, yeah. in the past, dined at Chick-fil-A, the service is impeccable, the product's good, people love that stuff. But, yeah. So the franchisees getting boycotted now for something Dan Cathy did five years ago is not fair to them. Well, the franchisees are getting in trouble now because, and not from the the woke crowd, from their conservative customer base, because they've got themselves a woke sandwich at Chick-fil-A. That's right. They have the audacity to come up with a a meat alternative and a cauliflower sandwich at Chick-fil-A. They wanted to offer their audience a plant-forward, in quotes, alternative to eating chicken. So they've got a they got a, a cauliflower sandwich at Chick Fil A, and they're testing it out in three different markets. I think it's in Denver, Charleston, South Carolina, and Greensboro, North Carolina, that region. Um, it's not here yet. You'd think here in Wilkesylvania, in the Northwest, we'd be the first ones with the cauliflower sandwich. I mean, where, where had they missed this boat? But you know, but their conservative audience, their customer base, is in uproar. Because they've, they're too woke. They got a woke sandwich. Even Chick fil A's gone woke. Oh, please. They've got plenty of dead bird for you to dine on. Just people, have that. People do understand, right, that when you go to a restaurant, there will be things on that menu that you don't want that day or ever. <laughs> you just don't order them. It's Seriously. real simple. I will never eat liver. You can put a gun to my head. And you'd have to hold a f- funeral service because I will not do it. So I guess we got to add Chick Fil A to the list now, along with Nike, Yeti, and um, the NFL, because apparently now that they're quote unquote woke, they'll be going broke. Yeah, go woke, go broke. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think people will will come to their senses and realize that there's enough Yardbird for them to dine on for the rest of their days at Chick Fil A. It's Kyra Knight, some Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler and Kevin De- Kevin Deers. We'll be right back after these. I almost called you Keith, buddy. Yeah. Special girl. Yeah. She's in my computer world.